Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there and welcome to the podcast. We'll talk to Global News weather specialist Mike Conkin about the weather. Councillor Kevin Klein for Charleswood Tuxedo and Westwood will join us on Stan Duick's retirement. And as we get word of a new treatment facility here in Winnipeg, we'll talk to Madeline Smith in Edmonton. We'll find out how they do it there. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now the podcast. The chuckling you hear there is Global News weather specialist Mike Conkin. Oh, Mike, I had to play you some Nickelback, but I got to take the shot. Right, pal? Oh, I didn't even consider it a shot. Uh, yeah. I find this flattery. So, yeah, keep the keep the shots coming. Okay, well, good, because there's more coming. Uh, but before the shots, before more shots here, and by the way, if you're new and just tuning in and don't get it, Mike is a Nickelback fan. And nothing wrong with that, because I think they're a hell of a band. They just, they, what, we've talked about this before, Mike, before we get into the weather, they just mm-hmm. figured out a winning formula and they kept doing it and some people got sick of it. Yeah, right. they're a hit factory. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that just makes them uh, an internet punching bag. Although yeah. I think they're kind of losing that title a little bit. Not yeah. that someone else has really taken the spot, but mm. maybe it's just they're kind of getting tired of beating up on them and there's just yeah. more and more hit records right. that keep coming out. And, yeah. You know. Well, and jealousy. I think that's part that of it, too. too. Yes. Always. Okay, uh, weather. So I just read the forecast. Frost tonight. Yeah. What else should we know? Uh, well, as much as there is the chance of showers, because you mentioned that none mm-hmm. of the rain that we're really going to be seeing or could be seeing out there is really going to be anything of any significance. It's not going to make you cancel your plans if you are planning to go outside for a walk, go to Assiniboine Park, have a little fire, whatever. You're going to be fine. Bomber game tonight. Just Maybe wear a toque, maybe even some gloves. It's just going to be a cool night. Later in the weekend, uh, we are going to be dealing with more cool weather, but we do have more rain on the way. So uh, risk of frost, certainly in the Winnipeg area tonight. Over towards the west, there have been some frost advisories already. Uh, temperatures are likely to drop down below zero around Westman, around the Parklands area. Uh, and then tomorrow afternoon, looking to get up around double figures. And then rain. So this has been one of the rainiest Septembers on record. We are looking to put ourselves certainly in the top five at least uh, by the time we get to October. But it looks like late Saturday night through Sunday through Monday, we are going to be getting into more rain and probably around 20 to 30 millimeters more is on the way here in Winnipeg. And then as we look further west, it's less rain and it gets more into the snowy stuff, but that's more Saskatchewan. We could be seeing some snow here in our province, uh, but most of the snow is going to be living uh, way west around Alberta and around southwestern Saskatchewan. Yeah, my mom Ada in Lethbridge, Alberta, she's bracing mm. for snow. How much might she see, Mike? 
Uh, there's quite a bit. There's uh, there's already winter storm warnings around uh, areas in the Rocky Mountains. Calgary mm. is looking for potentially around five to ten themselves. Wow. The, the question, though, at this point is, like, because the ground isn't totally frozen yet, how much is actually going to stick? So mm. the numbers kind of get a little fuzzy at this time of year. And when you're kind of looking at a rain-snow mix, they get fuzzier still. Uh, but, yeah, in our province, as we get a little bit closer to home, there could be some snow in parts of northern Manitoba around the north end of uh, Lake Manitoba towards Sunday night. Monday, we could see around five centimeters fall actually up there. Maybe a little bit around the parklands area, but again, we're not looking for uh, a ton in the way of snowfall. We are mostly going to be dealing uh, with rain here in our province. All right, here's a question for you. Uh, I always uh, hope to get to Thanksgiving with the cottage, right? Because I'm a three-season cottage. You know, you shut it down when it starts getting cold. You hope to get to Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is coming up Monday, October 14th. And I ask you, because usually those long-term models look out a couple of weeks, is it going to cool off real fast, or do you think the temp's going to hang in there? What are we expecting? Well, after this rain, we kind of get into a stretch of cooler than normal weather. It looks like generally over the next little while, we're going to be around normal. So if that plays out correctly, we're going to get some cooler stuff out of the way first, and then we'll kind of warm up a little bit to even things out. But this time of year, we kind of have temperatures typically kind of cool at a quicker rate. We lose around three, four minutes of daylight uh, every single day uh, just in this season. So uh, things we do see the temperatures kind of fall um fall a little bit quicker than what we notice kind of throughout the winter months where they stay pretty steady through the summer they stay pretty steady but the change is more noticeable in the spring and fall so hopefully we kind of get around normal temperatures i actually you're not the first person to ask about a uh, thanksgiving forecast at Mm -hmm. this point i had to answer an email uh from i think his name is frank I told him to hit me back on uh, the Monday yeah. <laughs> when we're a little, a little bit closer to a week out, and I'd right. be happy to help. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully the temperatures kind of stay around normal. That's what they're. That's what the longer range models are looking at, temperature wise. Right, and we'll see. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know it's tough when you're a couple weeks out. That's 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 hard. I mean, well, it, yeah, it gets. Well, it's pretty vague. It just ends up being kind of in comparison mm. to normal for this time of year, and that doesn't right. necessarily always give the most information because yeah. what is normal, what is what's comfortable for most people. Some people mm-hmm. being outside, it, it changes. So, big Nickelback fan. I promise mm-hmm. more shots. Here they come. Yes. Um, you know how they had the Queen biopic, right? Mm-hmm. Did you like that movie, by the way, the Queen biopic? I, I thought it was okay. Oh, I, wow, I liked I, it a lot. It was. I really enjoyed the music, but mm. uh, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't seem to give me as much kind of behind the scenes yeah. uh, for the the band Queen as I was kind of expecting. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm thinking maybe Nickelback should have a biopic. I think that'd be really interesting. And, There's and a lot of controversy that uh, deals with or that is with that band. So what what would that be highlight. like? I wonder. Oh, hang on. I can uh, let you know what that might be like. Take a listen. From the makers of the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody comes the true story of the greatest rock band of all time, Nickelback. <laughs> Chad, why are you giggling about our high school yearbook? Look at this photograph. Nickelback sold 50 million records, even though no one has ever admitted to buying one. And (laughs) this is how we remind you of how it all began. Hey, Dad. Chad, you need to get a job. What are you going to do with your life? (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. It's Look at This Photograph, a Nickelback story. No, wait, that's Creed. I know, they're pretty much the same band. (laughs) Coming soon, not really, to a theater near you. 
I'd watch it. I'd I know you it. would. I know you it. would. I would pre-order it. I know you would. <laughs> Mike Conkin, have a great weekend. Thank you, pal. You too, sir. Appreciate your help. Okay, there you go. Always fun to poke fun at Nickelback. Right now, joining us on the phone, the counselor for Charleswood, Tuxedo, and Westwood, Kevin Klein. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Hal. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for doing this. So, uh, as we've been telling people in the news, Stan Duick, and I'm doing the air quotes, retired today. Uh, He, of course, was in charge of developments and inspections. And if you missed uh, the lawyer for the mystery group, John Prostansky, on Jeff Courier's show this morning, after I'm done chatting with Kevin here, I'll play some of that conversation so you can hear what Prostansky had to say. But what are your thoughts, Kevin? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, we should thank Stan for his time with the city. He did work there for, I think, uh, 14, 15 years. And I I do wish him all the best into the future. Uh, However, this doesn't change anything for me. I, I, you know, I I question more now why the mayor and his uh, EPC group uh, voted down my motion to investigate the entire department from the top down. I I put a special motion forward just to let's investigate the managers. Let's look at our managers. Let's see where we have holes or opportunities for training. Let's, you know, let's do some staff evaluations. Let's help them get better or let's find out where the problems really lie because it didn't end with what the city's done now. And they say, well, we're going to do a review and we're going to put that into every, every other department. Very generic. Uh, very much a, a makeup statement. Uh, we need to take action. Now, I wonder why they didn't, but part of it is like, look, we need to, ha- that's why you need to have management experience to, because these, when these things happen, you go to the top and you work down. And I, I said that from the day we found out. Yeah, it does seem like that happens uh, a lot for sure. And, and not just at the city of Winnipeg, but it, it does happen, and I'm sure it's happening there. So, uh, and Prostansky, I'm going to play in a bit. You'll he, he basically, I think, would agree with what you're saying here, Kevin. Um, so if this was retirement with a push uh, in a way to quiet the critics, we don't know that, but I'll just put that out there. Obviously, it, it, I think a lot of people are thinking that. Um, even if that's the case, is this enough? No, it's not enough. And you know what? Again, I put out the call saying we need to do, look, we are supposed to be like a board of directors. We should be acting like uh, executives. Uh, the decision that they didn't uh, accept yesterday of mine, the motion to say, let's, we're bringing in a consultant. My goodness, we have consultants there all the time. Let's have a consultant look at the management and how that's working and the people individually. Sometimes people like to have st- uh, st- evaluations because it makes them better. It gives them training opportunities. So I'm going to continue pushing that for that. But I'll tell you right now, I'm also going to continue pushing uh, for the mayor and the EPC to confirm, confirm that they will do an external search for this position. You can do internal as well. There's some good people there. But I think this is an opportunity, and I think any business person would tell you this. This is an opportunity to start changing the culture. Look externally for somebody to bring in there. Let's change up the way we do things. And and the other thing you should know is that the person that is taking over, I have sent a note to the director, John Kiernan, uh, to come to our Standing Policy Committee on Monday as I did for, for Stan Duick after, uh, on, on Friday because of our, this morning when I came in uh, because I wasn't getting uh, any answers at council. 
Yeah. Um, and you're right. It, 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 so many people I've talked to on this this issue say it's it's culture, right? And and culture can be good in an organization like the city of Winnipeg, and it can be uh, bad. And, and I would tend to agree. I, I open it up to outside people. It, sometimes an outside set of eyes is a real good thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. I once had a, a, a manager tell me, uh, that I was working for, a mentor, really. He said to me, if you work at the same place for 20 years, that you have that experience. But if you worked at five different places, that's a whole different uh, amount of experience. That's a whole new category. And, and sometimes that's beneficial. That helps you bring a different perspective. I don't know why we're so afraid of this, Hal. It just seems to me there's, it's much deeper. I've talked to a number of business people, and I've actually spoke to employees of the city of Winnipeg who are afraid. They're terrified to talk because of what might happen to them. Mm. Uh, companies, like big companies that tell me problems they're having that are terrified. Um, that bothers me the most. That goes back to City Hall as a whole. Like we, we need to do better than that, and why are we not acting like the board of directors were supposed to. Well, and that was going to be my next question, because you believe, from conversations I've had with you on this in the past, you believe that this uh, this shouldn't just be happening in developments and inspections. This should be happening in every department at the city of Winnipeg. Right, and as I'll say, I know uh, the Mayor Bowman and Councillor Gillingham want to put together that four-year budget. We're not ready. If this isn't evidence enough that we're not ready, I don't know what will be evidence. I want to go back to pushing for the fact and what I kept trying to push for, which is zero-based budget reviews. And with those, you can evaluate staff and positions. Now you can, you can add a component to that where you're evaluating the management. Maybe we have too many managers. Maybe we don't have enough. Maybe, you know, there's all kinds of questions that can be answered clearly. We have a problem at City Hall. We're in court on several different matters. Um, if, you watch the, if you watch City Council yesterday trying to solve our water problem, we have some serious issues at City Hall. It's time to buckle down here and start taking leadership. Kevin, thanks a lot. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Al. Kevin Klein, Councillor for Charleswood, Tuxedo, and Westwood. Right now, uh, joining us from Edmonton, the project manager of Reach Edmonton, Madeline Smith. Madeline, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Hi. Good afternoon to you. Thank you. Um, so we're talking about this treatment facility for our downtown, and we're talking about, you know, here in Winnipeg, how we can do things better. Tell, tell me how Reach Edmonton works. I like this idea. Explain it. So what we are, what we're considered is a coordinating council, which means that we work with partners throughout the city. So a variety of social services, government agencies to come together to build um, partnerships and services so that we can provide um, a more wraparound support to individuals depending on uh, what their needs are. Now, in the case when you talk about a treatment center, and what I, what I understand is you're looking at building not only some treatment for addiction, but also giving them the opportunity to potentially engage with some income supports or employment or um, physical health, all of those aspects of a human's life that you need to connect with if you really want to support people to move forward. And so that's what um, Reach Edmonton does. We're, we're called 
really a backbone organization because we bring these or these these services. We're not social workers, we're not frontline workers. We don't deliver those services, but we bring those organizations together who are delivering those services and and develop some uh, initiatives that can assist them um, and assist those in our community who have vulnerability or are challenged by multiple things. Um, sometimes it's best to give an example, and one of those was the, is the 24-7 crisis diversion program. And so the issue around um, the expensive um, calls for police into situations that are non-emergency or are um, EMS services going into these non-emergency situations. So together we brought partners like Canadian Mental Health together, the Hope Mission together, Boston Street Community Services, the police and emergency services, and said let's design a program that can be mobile and go out to these calls and assist these people. And when we assist them, we also want to hand them off to organizations that can support them further down the road. So that's the kind of programs that we uh, get involved with and help to bring organizations together. So that big piece about bringing these services together to wrap around people is essential if we really want to support them forward. You've done a great job explaining that. I think what appeals to me the most in this, and there's a bunch of stuff that I like, but uh, we see so many frontline workers now dealing with people in need. And you talked a bit about that. Maybe just explain that a bit more because then police and fire and paramedic are free to deal with other stuff while an organization uh, like yours made up of all these support groups can deal with these people in need, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's very interesting. We're right now prototyping what we call a connector um, because we realized within that program 24-7, there's these, what we call them, these frequent users of program. So they're coming back to us over and over. So, and that's what many frontline workers are dealing with. We're always dealing with this crisis that is going on in people's lives and we're never getting them any further because we are, we're overrun by the crises that people are having. So part of bringing people together is not only delivering the service but are actually understanding how do we change a system that so that we can get a more service in regards to what people need. For example, we can pick people up, um, and a lot of times we'll pick them up late at night when they are intoxicated. So there's no service that's going to happen at that point other than to get to a safe place where they can um, sleep. But in the morning, there's got to be someone there the next morning to say to them, are you ready? Are you interested? Is this something you want to do? Do you want to go into detox? And then if they say yes, let's move them into detox and there needs to be a space. And, cre- and helping to support create more of those spaces because there are so many gaps when we're not working together as a coherent system, right? Madeline, excellent. Bye. I just want to say congratulations out there in Edmonton for for getting it right, or it sure seems like you're getting it right. And I hope that with this new uh, facility, we can catch up with you. Thank you. Thank you for telling us about Reach Edmonton. Okay. Have a great evening. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.